welcome everyone to Tamriel Adventures, a show that brings you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I am your host, Eric, aka Solior, and I apologize, I've kind of had a little bit of a, a break going on. Um, took a, a tiny bit of a break from a lot of things. But I'm here now, and today we are going to be talking about House Rhetoran. Yeah, we are going to be continuing the series that I've been doing on the Great Houses of Morrowind with the upcoming Necrom uh, chapter taking place uh, in Morrowind, and it's going to be focusing on House Telvanni, but uh, we'll get to House Telvanni eventually, uh, pretty soon. But uh, before we get to that, we do have a bit of news. So right now, Voice of Palooza is going on, uh, the longest day fundraiser. We are raising money for Alzheimer's research. Um, I'm taking part in this. This is with the Fallout for Hope Foundation that uh, Kenneth Vigu has founded a few years back. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of things going on with that. I am going to be including a link for the events in the um, show notes, uh, but I have been streaming quite a bit, uh, trying to uh, help with this as much as I can. This is uh, partnered with, with Wes Johnson, and yeah, it's it's been great so far. Um, a second I can find out just how much money has been raised at this point so it looks like as of the time I'm recording this it is the morning of May 18th over $16,000 uh, has been raised and I believe that they've already extended the goal once because we've surpassed it so if you've contributed to this thank you so much uh really means a lot to so many people myself included um everybody has been touched by alzheimer's in some way shape or form whether directly or they know uh family friends that have suffered from this so again if you have uh, contributed to this in any way shape or form thank you so much so, um, yeah, there's still some events going on with this. It's going on all month, but uh, check out the uh, Chad Fallout 76 Twitch page to see um, either watch um, one of the panels live or to rewatch some things that have already happened. Um, they did a panel with uh, quite a few of the Bethesda writers that have contributed to so many of the games that we all know and love. There was a panel with the um, cast of Morrowind. That was fun. Um, yeah, there some you know developers are involved with this. There is some upcoming things. There's a, a panel coming soon with the with some of the cast members of Elder Scrolls Online. So, so many great things going on this month. I, like I said, will include a link in the show notes uh, so you can um, watch some of these. And yeah, it, it's been great. So, and for such a great cause. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to 
mention as far as the news i'm sure that you guys all know this by now but there is an xbox showcase taking place on june 11th and it is going to also include a starfield direct so um i gotta say starfield is something that i was kind of avoiding um getting information about like i i know about starfield like if you you you've had to have at least heard of starfield by this point but i was kind of you know staying away from the news because i didn't want to get too hyped about it because as of right now i still have an xbox one s and there are games that i i can't imagine the one s being up to snuff to be able to play starfield even through the cloud now i could be wrong on this because i've been able to play ghostwire tokyo and redfall through the cloud but again i don't want to get my hopes up for something that i can't play i've i've done this in the past with other games as well like when i first started listening to podcasts i kept myself from listening to podcasts that would talk a lot about gameplay with fallout 76 and even elder scrolls online because i was able to play elder scrolls online not long after it first came out but for whatever reason the computer i don't know if it was updates or what but the computer that i had wouldn't play it now this was before i got my xbox so you know i just i didn't want to get myself hyped for something that i couldn't take part in because that just seemed masochistic that just seems like i was i was torturing myself for no good reason so i've kind of had this approach with starfield as well but um i was chatting with a friend of mine and she was uh talking about it and she uh sent me the link for a starfield discord and i'm also looking to upgrade my xbox sooner than later i may not be able to have a series x but i at least want to be able to compromise with a series s because it may not be the top of the line as far as you know hardware and all that good stuff you know it may not be able to do like ultra high high def graphics but as long as i can play the damn game i'm good so yeah i may have to compromise on a, a series s but that's okay I'm, I'm fine with that, and hopefully I won't have as many crashing issues with Fallout 4 as I've been experiencing. If you've listened to my feedback on the Fallout feed, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, all the crashing in downtown Boston. But yeah, uh, back to Starfield. I am now super hyped for Starfield, and I cannot wait to experience it on september 6th along with everybody else because i guarantee it's going to be on game pass i'm going to buy it eventually but i at least want to be able to play it through game pass um, and have that locked and loaded and ready to go and yeah we're all gonna we're all just chomping at the bit for this direct that's going to be happening on june 11th there's so many things that we're hoping to be announced and you know they they put out it might have been the Starfield Countdown uh, Twitter page, not the Starfield uh, page itself, that asked the question, what do you want to see with Starfield? And pretty much everybody's response was, we just want to see Starfield. 
We want to see what this game is like. We just want information. It's not as bad as what we've experienced with the build-up for the release of Tears of the, King Tears of the Kingdom, uh, the new Zelda game that just launched. You know, we, we've seen bits and pieces of the game. We, we've gotten information about some of the different cities. We just want to see the game. That's all we want. You know, all of us who can't wait to experience this brand new IP for um, Bethesda. And I fully anticipate it. I mean, I think Todd Howard has said this himself, but it's a game that you can play consistently for the next 10 years. And I believe him. I mean, hell, I still play games like Morrowind that are 20 years old and, you know, Oblivion. You know, I, I fully anticipate this being another entry in their library that we can experience and still play decades down the line. So I am super hyped for this game. And I know a lot of you guys are as well. So, uh, what have I been playing lately? Well, I've been playing a lot of a few things. Um, I haven't really played any Assassin's Creed lately. I need to get back into that and finish that game. But I've gotten, you know, if you, like I, I mentioned the, the Fallout feed, I've been playing a lot of the uh, Fallout 4 survival mode. If you've paid attention to my Twitch page any time in the last couple weeks, two, three weeks, you know <laughs> that that's basically what I've been, that's the only thing I've been streaming lately, which is kind of funny because I, I've been tweeting a lot with my uh, personal page, not so much the Tamrelic Adventures page, but you need to follow my personal page as well. And I've been, you know, when I, when I go to stream, more often than not, I will post a poll. And just to give people the option, if, they, if they're getting a little tired of my Fallout 4 gameplay, just to give them another option. Um, because I don't mind playing other games. I do play other games, and, and I don't want to get burnt out on Fallout 4 survival. So, you know, I'll say, okay, let's, let's uh, put that in there. But let's also put Skyrim, Mass Effect, um, some other things. And pretty much all but one or two votes have been for Fallout 4 Survival. So I guess you guys just like watching me suffer. <laughs> um, no, it, it's it's been all it's been a lot of fun in all seriousness. Um, yeah, it, it has been rough at times. Uh, just. Again, listen to my feedback in the Fallout feed. You'll know what I'm talking about. But it also, like, when things go well, you feel like you've earned it a bit more. So I've, I've definitely been enjoying it. It's, <laughs> it has been both a humbling experience and really great. Um, shout out to Jessica Starr and the Gato uh, pub community for raiding me toward the end of one of my streams. That was amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, speaking of Gato pub, I am going to be taking part in their catfight nights this coming Saturday. Uh, let me check the date on that. Um, that is the uh, 20th. So uh, the evening of the 20th, 
I will be taking part in their catfight nights, um, which is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. So basically, if you're not familiar, they are um, boxing matches in Fallout 76. Now, you can't wear any armor. You're basically in your skivvies, your underwear. And you can't take any Kims ahead of time. No weapons, no perk cards that would give you a great, like a, a significant advantage over your opponent and you just fight it out and i want to say it's best of seven and this is a tournament so whoever wins gets a pretty nice prize but you also get 500 atoms for participating so it's gonna be a lot of fun i've watched a few of them live um in like in the game but i've also watched their streams they're always a lot of fun um so i'm really looking forward to that and, you know, I've been working on a build for that night, so we'll see how it goes. I don't anticipate winning, considering it'll be my first time participating, but it's going to be fun nonetheless. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, what else have I been playing? I, have, I haven't really been playing a lot of 76 other than that, because I'm on Scorecation. Um, played a little bit of ESO. Now... I know I went on a bit of a, a tangent in the last episode, and my point still stands. Now, like I said, I love the game. I love everything that they've included in that, but I really wish there was a way to transfer like things you buy on one server on the same fucking platform to be able to be accessed with characters on the other server. Like, if you if you buy stuff in the Crown Store on PCNA, you should be able to access that on PCEU. Um, other than that, like, that's really my only gripe with the game. So, um, I'm probably going to be putting some more time into my uh, Xbox NA character. I... I mean, I've made it a lot. I've put a lot more time and effort into my uh, European character, but I don't really have a reason to play on the uh, European server anymore. Aside from the fact that I've put a, made a lot more progress in it. Um, yeah, it's just I, I don't really, like, with the Hive Guild disbanding and everything like that, I don't really play with anybody in the, the UK or somebody on the uh, European server. Now, if you would like to, let me know. I, I don't have any qualms about playing with anybody um, on that server. But, you know, I started with the uh, North American server. And uh, that was my main character there for a while until I rose up uh, and leveled really quickly running around doing things with the Hive Guild, uh, mainly Battlegrounds and, you know, PvP stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, it, it just seems like, I, I mean, I don't want to put it this way, but it, for the lack of a better phrase, it just seems like I wasted a lot of time. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I guess, yeah, because I mean, I guess any time enjoying it isn't really wasted, but still, you, you get what I'm trying to say. Um, the only other thing I've been playing a lot of recently, and this may be a little controversial, but I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. I've been playing a lot of Hogwarts uh, Legacy. 
Now, to be clear, and I said this when I posted a, a clip on my TikTok, I do not agree in any way, shape, or form with Rowling's, or Rowling's views. Um, I think that they're pretty fucked up. I think should, um, I'm not a fan of hers anymore. However, I've been a fan of Harry Potter for well over 20 years. And I love the world that she created. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of her or her uh, points of view on uh, what she's been speaking out against recently. But um, she had no involvement with this game whatsoever. And the developers did what they could to kind of thumb their nose at her, which I definitely appreciate. Like, you can make your character trans. There is a trans character in the game that is voiced by a trans actress. So, um, yeah. Really well-made game. I've definitely been enjoying it a lot. Uh, been playing a ton of it. And it's it's been great. I, it's a it's really well-made game. Um, so, yeah. Other than that, I don't think I've really been playing a whole lot lately. I'm, I haven't picked up Tears of the Kingdom yet. Um, working on upgrading my Xbox first. And uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to that as well. So anyway, that is it as far as what I've been playing. So let's get into today's topic, and that is House Redoran. So let's get into House Redoran. So some of this is going to be kind of a, a refresher on things that happened in the last episode. But House Redoran was founded on the 3rd of Last Seed, which is a date that is celebrated by members of the Great House. So this is First Era. So the house existed since the time of the Chimer and the First Council, but by the time, by the year, uh, 107th year, it's easy for me to say, of the Golden Peace, they were already considered the most military, pow militarily powerful of the Great Houses. So prior to the War of the First Council, 30 of the most influential, revered Chimer clans worked together to build the fabled Library of Anduul, which is a grand repository containing the genealogical records relating to the earliest Velothi settlers. So if you go back to the two-part episode I did on the Dunmer, which part one uh, mainly concerned uh, their time with the Chimer. Velothi is a very prevalent person in that uh, during that time. So, so uh, they also had a sort of knowledge about the earliest history of the Great Houses. So five of the 30 revered families hailed from House Redoran which are the Heron, the Redas, the Serrano, the Seron, and the Venim, uh, Venim clans, V-E-N-I-M. So the locations of these tombs were presumed lost in the aftermath of the War of the First Council, along with the Library of Anduul and the records contained with them. The five tombs were discovered in Second Era 582, along with the 25 families of, and the Library of Anduul itself. Yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. Um, because you can definitely do that in ESO. 
So according to Anthon Serethi and the Agrippa Fundalus, uh, warriors of House Redoran fought and died at the Battle of Red Mountain under the leadership of Horator Indor Narovar during the War of the First Council. Yeah, we, we've talked about that quite a bit. So during the decades in the aftermath of the war, at least one Redoran, General Redoran Vorik, or Vorok, had a, roar, uh, a role in discussing the Nascent uh, Tribunal Temple's plans to reorganize the house and lands of Marland. In the centuries that followed, the Redoran watched the northwestern border of Marland along with the Velothi Mountains from their ancestral seat in Blacklight. So they were defending against the Nordic raiders of Skyrim, who had pillaged the land since the time immemorial. I really wish I could talk today. The constant warring with the Nords likely contributed to the warrior house's hardened militaristic leanings and position as the hereditary defenders of Morrowind. The house adopted the color red as the designation. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. The house symbol is a scarab and is considered sacred by the members of the Great House. House Redoran did not become heavily involved in the practice of slavery, thankfully. And indeed, in Third Era 427, it was said that slavery was uncommon in Redoran house. I'm sorry, Redoran lands, and no Redoran-owned slave observed in Vardenfell in the Second or Third Era. So, yeah, Third Era 427 is the time of the game Morrowind. As you probably know by as House Redoran evolved, the standard members were expected to follow suit. Eventually, a set of rules were created and recited to all members of the Great House. The rules stated that the Redoran, that a Redoran cannot steal from their kin, strike their kin, and provoke or break their word. Honoring one's superiors and doing one's duty to the House and respecting the teachings of the tribunal was expected of members. Finally, a Redoran must always defend their house, their people, and their honor. If the Redoran failed in any of these things, they were cast out, with an opportunity for a redemption. Cast out again, the Redoran would lose any hope of regaining their honor or membership in, within the Great House. This sounds a lot to me like they were inspired by the Spartans. Maybe that's just me, but that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. So... That's uh, kind of it for the first era, um, aside from a note here about uh, first era 2920, which is the last year of the first era. At the close of the first era in the Fourscore War, the dubiously real Dunmary woman Turula was said to have been exiled from Marwyn by her Redoran family after she was impregnated by Brindisi Dorum, the Duke of Mournhold. Allegedly, she would go on to summon Mayron's take on in a bid to kill him and sack Mournhold. Eesh, that's, uh, that's kind of rough. So, kind of, I talked a bit about um, what happened in the second era already, but, um, there's, a, there's some notes here. I'm getting this from the UESP wiki, by the way, as you probably guessed. Um, there's a, a note here that House Redoran was control, controlled by Vivek City in a tandem with the Tribunal Temple. After the time of the Nat Flu, um, which uh, happened in Second Era 560, House Redoran sent a military expedition to the ruins of Maztun in the Black Marsh region of Shadowfin 
They intended to wipe out the Zitzat tribe, X-I-T-X-A-H-T, whom they suspected to be responsible for the disease. In Vardenfeld, the house regularly sent exploratory forces to tame the Ashland in their stronghold in Balmora, where they came into increasingly violent conflicts with the local Ashlanders. As more and more of Vardenfeld was settled, yeah, it it kind of amazes me the fact that they were able to enslave some of the Argonians, considering just how badass they are. Like the Argonians are the people that were able to not only defend themselves against the Aliads, as you see in the uh, Merkmire DLC of ESO. But they're also the ones that invaded um, <laughs> the uh, the gates of oblivion that were opening up in the um, Black Marsh region to the point where um, the uh, Daedra were like, "Okay, we got to get the fuck out of here!" Like these, yeah, th- this invasion is uh, a bust, and we're <laughs> we're ourselves getting invaded now. So, yeah, that, that kind of surprises me that, that, you know, after knowing all this, that the Dunmer were able to enslave some of the Argonians at all. But you know, I guess that was true. Regardless, uh, as far as the Ashlanders go, uh, House Redoran tried to be peaceful. Uh, they wanted to uh, occupy some of the lands that the Ashlanders uh, laid claim to. So they tried peaceful transactions, but uh, there were times that (laughs) they had to be taken by force. But by the time of the events of the game Morrowind, there were still some areas that were controlled by the Ashlanders. It comes into play during the main quest. So during the mid-second era, House Redoran's leader was the High Counselor Mariath. And after defeating Ada Sundir Kamal's Akaviri forces at Vivek's Antlers in the second era of 572, House Rarin was among the four great houses that joined the newly formed Ebonheart Pact. Following the eruption of the War of the Three uh, Banners, yeah, the Three Banners War in the second era of 580, House Rarin's warriors would be among those that fought for control of Cyrodiil at the White Gold Tower. With the Great Houses' powerful military playing an active role in the conflict, rumors persisted that the Redoran nobles were upset that the pact was formed in the first place due to having to share command with Nordic and Parkonian allies. I can see that. During this time, House Redoran maintained a narcotics oath bureau, which uh, appropriately charged with the regulations of illegal substances such as skooma. We'd do an episode on Skuma at some point. House Lalu, who, who was officially considered an ally of House Redoran in the second era of 582, complained of the Redoran Bayless and Constables treating House Lalu guests poorly. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, that's, that's kind of funny. Lalu urged the Redoran to defer them on matters of commerce and diplomacy, as the Lalu uh, people themselves apparently desired to seize Balmora and Saran for themselves. 
in Second Era 582, the Redoran ruled village of Sekermora in Deshaun was infiltrated by the Malborn cult, which I've talked a lot about that in previous episodes. So I won't really get into that here, but uh, let's just say that Redoran did uh, contribute to stopping that. In Second Era 864, the Imperial Geographical Society reported House Redoran as being the best warriors among the Dark Elves, noting that the House guarded the western flank of Morrowind. In the late Second Era, Tiber Septim's legions turned their eyes toward Morrowind. Following House Endoral's lead, House Redoran swore to resist the western invaders to the death and provided its mercenary companies to the Dunmary to the uh, Dunmary defense amassing in settlements such as Silgard Tower in the Cormaris View. However, House Redoran soon found itself manning the western borders of Morrowind alone, with House Endoral and House Dress preferring to retreat inwards to wage guerrilla war. House Telvanni remained neutral, and House Lalu advocating accommodation. When Vivek signed the armistice, House Redoran believed. I really cannot talk today breathed a sigh of relief and now permitted an honorable way to avoid waging war against the third empire's vast legions alone so yeah definitely definitely sounds a lot like sparta in my opinion so that is the second era now we're moving on to the third era so third era saw house red rand's decline in strength so they suffered quite a bit uh by the imperial mandated disbandment of the majority of their military. So they suffered territorial and economic losses at the hands of House Lalu and Telvanni during the Third Empire's reign, particularly in Vardikvel. So I mentioned earlier that uh, Renoran controlled Balmora, but that ended up going over to Hualu rule during the Third Era, and House Redoran claimed the former Ashlander gathered inside of Alderaan as their site for their new district seat. So yeah, Balmora, I mean, yeah, Vivek City is definitely the capital, but Balmora was kind of like, almost like a second capital in a way. It's definitely one of the biggest cities in Vardenfell. But um, yeah, so once they lost Balmora to Hualu, they set up shop in Alderaan. So they built a grand city around the shell of Scar, and at the f- this is at the foot of Red Mountain. So at some point before Third Era 427, House Redoran erected the settlement of Margon in the Ashlands as their villages of Kul and Alvalathi in the northwest corner of Western Yash. Following the erection of the Great Ghost Fence after Second Era 882, the bones of many deceased Redoran were incorporated into the barrier to sustain it and hold back the blight. Such donors dedicated their spirits to the temple. There, I mean, there's a reason why it's called the Ghost Fence. And the clan, um, so yeah, they dedicated their spirits to the temple and the clan as their surrogate families. As of the late Third Era, Bullivan Venom ruled as Archmaster of the Great House, and Bullivan was somewhat unscrupulous for a Redoran. Few among the rest of the hierarchy actually liked him, but the Redoran respected their uh, Emperor's strong leadership. So, he also uh, knew arms pretty damn well. 
He was influential in securing Rotoran's share of the frontier lands when Bardfell was uh, open for settlement in Third Era 414 and moved Council to Aldrin as a result. In Third Era 426, which is a year before the events of Morrowind, the Rotoran Council protested the continuing burdensome tariffs on the native beverages such as skooma, grief, and sheen. After a costly and bloody tax revolt in Balmora, the council warned that such disturbances might spread to Alderaan if the heavy burden of imperial taxes was not alleviated. Smuggling and organized crime also became increasingly aggressive and violent as the Redoran houses house district. The council blamed the local corruption, weak enforcement, and aggressive competition between the thieves' guild and Conflicts arose with other great houses at this time as well. By the third era of 427, House Rider struggled to complete, compete, easy for me to say, again, I really wish I could talk today, apologize, uh, with House Lalu's dominance of the ebony trade in Vartenfeld, with the most obvious conflict centered around the town of Caldera. This was founded by the Imperial Caldera Mining Company with the support of House Lalu. House Ritterman actively worked to find evidence of corruption in Caldera in an effort to shut the mines down and to prevent Halabu from building Rethan Manor on the Odai Plateau. I think that's how you pronounce that. O-D-A-I. There was also bickering with House Telvani concerning the seizing of large tracts of land, the founding of certain new settlements in the Ashlands such as Tel Aviv, and the occupation of old Velothi towers such as Shishi. Uh, so, Nar- Nartis Abor, the daughter of Redoran Council Minor Abor, was kidnapped and used as a political hostage by a Telvani wizard in a lot. I remember that actually. Delna Madas, uh, the daughter of Redoran noble Arithan Madas, was captive in Telfir. This caused Arethin Madas to go mad and begin demanding tribute from passing travelers such as the common bandit. Both households Halalu and Telvani took issues with Redoran's attempt to create a settlement of Indaris Manor upon the Baal Itzara Ridge. The house Redoran was further shamed by rumors that claimed that Archmaster Bolin Vanim was having an extramarital affair with Fasa Lethri, uh, who is the wife of Grand Council Member Garissa Lethri. This infighting further weakened House Raran, with Council of Thane Sarethi narrowly surviving an assassination attempt by the Morag Tong, a ploy by the Archmaster, his son, and Varvur Sarethi. It was framed in a murder, uh, framed for the murder, and was arrested and used as a political hostage. During the fulfillment of the Nerefrain prophecies in Third Era 427, Archmaster uh, Bolvain Venim was killed in an honorable duel with the Nerevarine after he, the Nerevarine ga- uh, gained the support of the other five Redoran counselors. It is unknown whether the duel occurred over a matter of the title of Orator or Archmaster, which, uh, yeah, I could see that being either one. Regardless of whether or not the Nerevarine succeeded Venim as Archmaster, or whether the vanquished Venim was instead succeeded by another of the Great Houses, Redoran uh, subsequently offered the Nerevarine its title of Redoran Orator. 
As whole, Renarin suffered from the attacks of the, handed, uh, at the hands of blighted creatures and the corpus monsters with the majority of its holdings closer to the ghost fence and Red Mountain than the other houses. Some Renarin uh, settlements such as Margon relied on volunteer warriors to drive back the sixth house. Uh, I will definitely be talking about the sixth house here uh, pretty soon. By third era 432, House Rotoran was said to be waning due to its inability to change with the times. According to the Rotoran's second counselor, Adrilla Arano, the Empire pulled a vast majority of the legions out of Marwin to deal with the gates opening in Cyrodiil during the Oblivion Crisis. He further claimed that the Dunra had no standing army at the time due to Imperial demilitarization. Yeah, that kind of came back to bite them in the ass, didn't it? So, yeah, Morrowind was virtually defenseless, and Vardenfell was all but destroyed, not just by the Oblivion Crisis, but by the eruption of Red Mountain, which we'll talk about here in a bit. But, yeah, House Rotoran was all but destroyed during the Oblivion Crisis, so armies of Daedra destroyed Alderaan. Destruction of their ancestral city, coupled with the historic status of the hereditary defenders of Marwyn, led to House Rotoran taking charge. And they were slowly able to raise an army for the first time since the armistice and used it to spare Marwyn from Dagon's full wrath. So <laughs> they're basically all but destroyed. Not quite, but they're hanging on by a thread. But after the Oblivion Crisis, during the fourth era, the house started to rebuild. A group of Renoran settlers, led by Brara Marvain, immediately struck out for the island of Solstein. After successful negotiations with the East Empire Company, which is included to be, which is rumored to have been included in the financial settlement with the Empire, Marvain's group was allowed to settle in the town of Ravenrock. According to Lyran Teleno, the new Denver inhabitants quickly formed bonds with the other Raven Rock residents, thanks to the hard work and reliability. Then comes the Red Year, 4th Era 5. This brought further destruction to Morrowind, as I mentioned. Uh, Red Mountain wiped the settlements in Vardenfell off the map. So, a Red Ryan counselor living in Mournhold coordinated the relief efforts, issuing a directive to send soldiers with supplies uh, and able-bodied men to settlements, which were hit the hardest about a month after the initial disaster, such as Balmora. Shortly after the eruption of Red Mountain, Marwan came under siege from the Argonians of Black Marsh. They were able to quickly advance through the south and east of mainland Marwan, but the House Renoran uh, army prevented them from sweeping the entire province. Political affairs surrounding the Oblivion Crisis and Red Deer cultivated a power vacuum. Animosity between Hollow and Red Ran increased, as I mentioned in the last episode. Uh, Red Ran seized the opportunity and became the leading power of what remained of Marwyn, because uh, yeah, there was no more House Hollow eventually. <laughs> after a bit, it was replaced by House Sadras, or Sadras, however you pronounce that word. Hollow believed that Red Ran were directly involved in the reorganization of the council and held a grudge ever since. Subsequently, House Red Ran relocated the capital of Marwyn to Blacklight as the Mournhold began sacked by Argonians. With Blacklight as the capital of Marwyn and their army in the, as the dominant force in the land, 
Thomas Redoran's rise was complete. In the aftermath of the Red Year, Solstheim saw the destruction of the only Imperial fort on the island. Counselor Brara Morvane, with permission of the East Empire Trading Company, brought in some of Redoran's elite Redoran guard to fill the void and left by the decreased Imperial Legionnaires. Redoran guard have maintained control of Raven Rock ever since. After a few years of relentless ash storms from the ever-erupting Red Mountain, it, it transformed Solstheim's southern reaches into pure ash waste reminiscent of those on Vardenfell itself. I guess that's why when you're in Solstheim, you hear that gravelly voice a little bit more than you do in Skyrim. So... In 4th Era 16, the High King of Skyrim gave the island of Solstheim to Morrowind as a refuge, and it passed into the control of House of Redoran fully through the Telvanni established, uh, though the Telvanni established their own settlement in Telmyrthen on the southeastern coast. This change of the guard promptly, uh, prompted the majority of the remaining Imperial population to establish, uh, to depart, rather, the settlement through a Though a house Sethil settlement in Solstheim was around or before Fort Thera 48, the relationship with the Redoran rulers in the island is unknown and no trace of the house remained by Fort Thera 201, which is the events of Skyrim. Ravenrock continued to prosper under the rule of Rara Moraine until she passed in Fort Thera 65, and her son Lariel promptly took his mother's mantle as the counselor and ruler of Solstheim. The real would rule, uh, would find his rule challenged on two occasions. In 4th Era 95, an assassination attempt was carried out by the counselor of the agents of House Lalu. We talked about that in the last episode, and we talked about the second one as well. House Redoran continued to benefit from the mining of ebony in Ravenrock until 4th Era 181, when a mine at Ravenrock was closed. House, the house's neglect of Solstheim increased as, uh, without the mine, the island only held uh, little economic or strategic importance compared to what the other 73 outlying settlements of Morrowind held, but it was a significant source of casualties for the Redoran Guard, so they lost 26 guards in a two-year span. In 4th era 201, the last Dragonborn traveled to Solstheim. This is all during the Dragonborn DLC. So he, he assisted Counselor Morvane in uncovering and foiling the second House Lalu plot on his life, as I mentioned earlier. And then, of course, there's the whole thing with Mirak. Definitely uh, play that if you haven't. House Rotoran remains dominant in Mar and Marwind. Uh, the Rotoran Guard continue to serve as Marwind's protective and peacekeeping force and are found assigned as far away as Mournhold. Though by 4th Era 201, the local garrison was reassigned to other parts of Marwind. And as the mightiest of the Great Houses, it sits at the head of the ground Grand Council by virtue of our preeminence in battle, wisdom, and ancestral glory. And it keeps the rabble of other Great Houses organized. The Rotoran rule from their capital of Blacklight is now capital of all Marwind, and it is said that House Rotoran has improved Blacklight substantially over the last thousand years, and it now rivals the splendor of Mournhold in its prime. In particular, the root spire where the modern council of great houses meets is said to, to be something to behold. 
so yeah this is more of a story of a fall from grace but a re-rising if you will unlike house wally so if you are traveling around tomorrow and you kind of know what their uh, architecture looks like so there's the organic curves and undecorated exteriors uh, so yeah just travel around alderaan you'll get a good idea of what it is but um yeah that really is about it as far as house rotoran um definitely definitely play Morrowind if you haven't. I'm Hopefully I've convinced you to play it by now. So, yeah, we've, we've gone through Hualu. We've gone through Dress. Or not Dress, but uh, Redoran. So, up next we can talk about House and Doral. So, um, yeah, that that's really about it. So, I'd like to thank all of you for taking the opportunity to check this uh, podcast out i don't know if i've ever i'm sure i've mentioned that at some point but it really means a lot seeing the uh, interaction that i get and um, just the overall um, i just i I love my fans or my uh, listeners so much so uh, yeah, if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My personal page is at iangold08. As I mentioned, I have been uh, fairly active with my personal Twitter account. So uh, also check out my TikTok at Sulior. Uh, I've posted a couple of videos here and there. Uh, I completely forgot to mention Redfall in my gameplay. So... If you've listened to the most recent episode of Tapes from the Waste, um, that came out uh, just a few days ago as I'm recording this, you'll hear Kelsey's talk about that. I have played quite a bit as well. I've got just about 20 hours in, and as he mentioned, it's it's not perfect by any means, but it is absolutely not worth the hate that it's gotten. Um, I, it's one of the hate things I fucking hate about social media. Um, it's so trendy and quote unquote in style to just completely shit on something without any, without forming any personal opinion of your own. Um, people just see a couple of headlines and go, oh, this thing's trash. It's not worth anything. No, it's not true. So... Me and a lot of my friends who are you know, avid gamers and uh, talk about video games on podcasts, things like that, have found quite a bit to love about Redfall. So before you go trashing something that you've never experienced for yourself, do yourself a favor and give it a shot. Like I said, I've played just about 20 hours of this game and I've loved it. Um, I'm, I'm not finished, unlike Kelsey, but I have gotten pretty damn far in the game. So, um, definitely, definitely check it out. Um, I, I can't believe I spaced talking about that earlier in the, <laughs> during the gameplay segment of the episode. So, um, yeah, that is going to do it for this episode. So, yeah, check me out. 
Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find the show's pages at Tamarelic P. And um, yeah, if you do me a favor, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and I'll read it out on the show. So anyway, I'm going to uh, get off my soapbox here. And um, yeah, we'll talk about House Indoral in the next episode. So until then, um, find me on Twitch also. I can't believe I, I didn't uh, mention that. So I'm trying to stream a couple of days a week on Twitch. I'm trying to stream uh, midday on Wednesday and then at some point on Saturday. Um, I try, I, I mean, even though I got that amazing raid from the Elgato pub community um, after their stream, um, I don't want to, well, uh, um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna try and stream a little bit earlier in the day on Saturday. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to quit rambling now, so until the next episode, stay safe, adventurers. <laughs>